starting a new series on the podcast today called Teardrop. The series will take you through fictional episodes from the viewpoints of Trisha and Vikrant. Sometimes it's the same situation from their respective perspectives and sometimes their shared journey. Chapter 1 The Voices in My Head Trisha He never resisted the urge to point out my mistakes never offering to be a part of the solution ours was a love story worth telling we defied all the stereotypes that lovers who are meant to be are meant to follow maybe that should have been the first sign we should have read or maybe it is just as fine that we never read the book that told us it would never work one of the many voices that takes shelter in my head once asked me who he was what was he like as if i had been waiting to be asked these questions i began to answer in a long monologue vikrant was this affable man of 32 his straight back and insistence on maintaining the correct posture ensured that he looked a little taller than his 5 feet 10 inches in looks he could compete with any mills and boon hero except he even if he tried really hard could never carry the i'm angry with the world because someone broke my heart ages ago look with the ease that a mills and boon hero can his skin was not the shade of almond nor did he shine in the sun like a vampire no poetic comparison could be drawn for his skin his face was dotted with pimple marks that archived adolescence and a deep 1 cm long scar on the edge of his left eyebrow The scar was a thick line that ran parallel to his nose. It reminded him of that fight he had had after losing a basketball match to the boy who eventually became his best friend. Over the years, the two had spent quite a lot of quality time measuring the length of the scar, taking pride in it as a soldier would in his battle wound. The hair on his head was barely there. He did not have a naturally receding hairline. he just liked shaving his head off from time to time however his timing was not always perfect he would let his crop of hair grow into a mop all through summer and at the onset of winter he would just get it all shaved off why no one knew almost everyone who knew him had stopped questioning him mostly because they were wary of his reactions to the question Yes, he had different reactions to the same question from different people. His reaction to the same question from the same people would also differ depending on his mood, season, hour of the day and so on. To end the hair saga, all I can say is he shared a very private albeit a confusing relationship with his hair. He was many things, but a bad student was not one of them. He believed that life was a long, almost never-ending lesson. It seemed he had made a death wish and was hell bent on mining out lessons from everyone he met. Every situation he encountered and every moment he lived. He had realized his calling early on in life. While filling out slam books at the end of the school term in the section labeled define yourself in a word, he always wrote student. He was no longer asked to fill slam books, but his Twitter bio read a student for life. More often than not he refused to admit that he had grown up watching Shahrukh Khan films and his ideas of romance and being a gentleman could find their foundation somewhere in the 70mm footage canned in the Swiss Alps. 
He had let it slip once that since after watching Swades, he always wore only check shirts. Not that any of the girls who knew him complained. He looked good in them. His obsession with checks had escalated to such an extent that he even owned a pajama with check print. His favorite author wrote of a bird, albeit not the prettiest or the wittiest on the planet, which spoke like a human and flew like a dream, breaking all barriers, natural, emotional, and the ones created by the limitations of the mind. Richard Bach also wrote a love story called A Bridge Across Forever. But that was my favorite book by the author, not his. He loved Jonathan Livingston Seagull and running away from safety. We both loved one. A part of him lived somewhere between the years of 1994 and 2004. This part would come alive any time he watched a rerun of one of the episodes of Friends. He believed with all his heart that he was a geek like Ross. He was a little clumsy with the girls, over the top sometimes, but essentially also a good guy. He believed with all his heart that he was like Joey. He knew his way around women. He could make anything sound vulgar if he tried. He convincingly gave arguments that made no sense to sober people. But essentially, he was a good guy. He believed, and I reluctantly agreed with all his heart that he was like Chandler. He was clumsy, witty, at times inappropriate with a skewed sense of normal. But essentially, he was a good guy. He believed his sense of fashion was like Rachel's. He had the cooking prowess of Monica and the sexy, wild bohemian spirit of Phoebe. He believed that he was the embodiment of the entire star cast of Friends. He was like every other boy of his generation. He worshipped Sachin Tendulkar. He stalked cricketing websites to keep a track of the latest score. He read all, and I mean all the cricket blogs and news reports. Vikrant had confessed to me in all seriousness once that he was furious with his parents for not naming him Sachin. During his confession, he had also admitted that Sachin stood for hope. Hope that Indians could achieve something that could put them on the world map even at a time when the most popular opinion was that the country was going to the dogs. But sometime during the 11th month of the year 2013, his heart broke and the world as he knew changed forever. Sachin retired from all forms of cricket. I wondered out loud. He was lucky. That was the severest heartbreak he had to overcome till then. If he heard me talking about him today, he would say, It's nice to be remembered. It's nice to live somewhere far away from where you are. To reside in the crevices of a mind that you once loved, that resides in a body you once loved.